are you? One of the many things that starts out This is a
Okay. Sorry, it happened. Hi, John. Um, so this is my third year coming to the talk, and each year it's a little bit better for those of us who are physically challenged. Um, but this year seemed to be more difficult um, for a lot of us with the security guards, the hired security, um, in particular the guys that wear the yellow and black and blue and the black. Um, there were a lot of incidents where they weren't slowing people down. Um, I actually made very close friends with the concrete today um, because they weren't slowing people down and they did absolutely nothing about it and offered no assistance whatsoever. They just kind of stood around and watched me fall and watched other people help me get up. Um, so the floor managers were involved um, and told that they were <coughs> to them um, because of other incidents that happened earlier at the con. Um, but it seems like they just don't care when it comes to people with disabilities. Um, so if that's something that can be worked on for next year, that would be great because people run, unfortunately, and it just, pardon my language, screws those of us over who aren't steady and can't move that fast. We get cut out of lines all the time. Where was this on Exhibit Hall? Um, it was between Lucasfilm and Dark Horse. And what time? What time of day? Uh, it was about mid, mid morning. Late morning, early afternoon. Yeah, late morning today. We registered a complaint with the show office. Okay. For that. And we'll take a look. Thank you. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, John. I've been coming since uh, 2007, and you guys have done a pretty good job uh, with, with the ADA people. And in some areas, it's gotten better better than other areas it's gotten worse. My concern is, it, is it's not consistent in all in, Areas, um, different booths have different procedures. I understand you guys can't control exhibitors per se. I don't know if you can, but some booths accommodate ADA, some booths don't care. When they have autograph signings or, or ticket drawings or something like that. But same thing with sales. When we wait in line, you know, in the morning, we get in line at 4 o'clock in the morning, we're on the sidewalk and waiting there. And we have no problem waiting our turn, but imagine when they open the line early, the salt shaker, that would be us filtering in because they make us take the elevator, all of us, even if we can go up the escalator like me or other people that don't have to, you know, we're not in wheelchairs, but if they, even if we handed out numbers to people, and at the other end of the building, there's a giant salt bag where everyone that can get in the building are running through to get the sales, and no, we're still sprinkling our salt. So we're taking five or six people up in the elevator at a time. You know, we wait in line three o'clock in the morning. Then all of a sudden, the lines all the way down to the pier. I myself can't stand to go down that many steps, and and know the people with the wheelchairs. And sometimes, when we, by the time we get up to the booth, ask for a volunteer, it's too late because the lines are either capped or you just get zero chance. And you just want a fair chance. I, I think everyone does. 
Yeah, we changed our process on Saturday to start matching people up with volunteers before we let people into the sale area. And we do load people up that elevator long before we let the badge member line in. Because we know that elevator is slow, and the reason we only use the elevator is to keep everybody in order. Because if we let the ambulatory people up the escalator, now they're going to get upstairs much faster than anybody who's in a wheelchair and can't use the escalator. And then how do I sort that out when you get to the top? Well, is there any way of doing a wristband system then? Because the line swells also. I'm sorry. Longer. Ask one question. How much is a wristband? I mean, should there be a wristband system to get in at this point? Because it just keeps growing, and you know, from three o'clock, all of a sudden the line went from being double wide to quadruple wide. We'll certainly look at that. Okay. Thank you. Appreciate it. Hello. This is my fourth year at Comic Con. I've enjoyed it this year. They mailed the badges, and there wasn't information on where to go to sales. They put everybody in the same line. The people who already had their badges that were just waiting to get in, and us that needed the lanyards. We wound up in a line way back behind the convention center. We didn't get in. We got about eight. We didn't get in to get our lanyards until 10 o'clock that morning, Thursday morning. Seems like we got to separate it somehow. The people just all we needed to do was get in and get our lanyards and our bags. And, it was a long line. Last year, we just, you know, right, we didn't have to have our badges mailed. They let us up to sales and we could get in line and get in much quicker than this year. Just don't know if they could separate those two lines or get better information. We went to a person that said, ask me. He didn't know. I mean, he put us in this line that was way back in the convention center. Thank you. Thank you. I don't like complaints about any of him. <laughs> Actually, so uh, just a compliment. I, I feel like this year there's far more security than there has been previously, and I feel like it's made things a lot smoother. Um, everybody who's been on security and staff have been really friendly. They've been much more attentive, I believe, and I just feel like overall things have gotten better in that department, and so I want to say thank you for that. Um, I did have a question on uh, fulfillment and being in the Glen High Ballroom. Is there any way we can move that closer? I mean, it seems like we have to make like an Oregon Trail trek just to go pick up swag, and I got a hand. So I'm, I'm okay with that if that's what's required. We're trying to pull people away from the con for that, but I just didn't know if we can bring fulfillment closer to home. Yeah, well, as we all know, we are severely space limited here, and we've tried to farm things out to hotels, including registration this year and volunteers, to spread ourselves out as much as we can. and take advantage of the space we do have available in the hotel that we don't have here. Okay. <laughs> so one thing I will mention about the giveaways, one of the things that we did ask the companies to do is to actually let you know what the ticket is good for, so you know what you're going to get. So we'll, uh, we'll make sure on our end that we reiterate that message so they let you know what it's actually good for. Thanks for great con. Thanks. Good afternoon. I've been lucky enough to come to Comic-Con for the last 16 years. Um, I have, and this was my first year to go to Hall H. I've always avoided it. Um, never wanted to But I have a question regarding the wristbands. My wristband was an A. Um, I left and I came back at like 6 o'clock uh, Friday morning. And I was put in the line with everybody that had, you know, 
D, B, you know. So my question is, was there a line for all the A's, all the B's? Because I feel like I need to spend the night um, if I want to get, you know, my eyes stood out there all day. <laughs> I have the sunburn improvement um, on Thursday. So I just, you know, I'm wondering, is there a way to put all the A's together and then the B's together? We debated that endlessly at the office, and we didn't know where we'd have the piece of real estate to inject those groups back into the back end of the A line, B line, C line, mm -hmm. and how to do that. So if you didn't have somebody from your group to wait to hold your place in line, unfortunately, you do wind up at the back of the wristband line. The advantage, of course, of having an A is you got your wristband earlier, and you can go home and sleep right. sooner. Right. So. Right. <laughs> okay. Okay, okay, thank you. Thanks. Hello, John. This has been my 22nd consecutive Comic-Con, and uh, wow, my second time in this uh, panel. Um, my gripe stands uh, all the way back to the infamous Hotelpocalypse. Um, I know you went to um, a new system to get hotels. Um, uh, my only gripe with that one was that um, after the hotels were, after all the hotels, especially here in the downtown, of course the demand for hotels here in downtown so is always going to exceed the supply. Um, but there were people, like especially idiots, I guess, who were who leaked out saying, "Oh, I got a hotel for Comic Con, but I don't have a badge." Uh, but I, I reserved it for five of my buddies who had badges. But I want to say is, Comic Con hotels, especially here in downtown, should go to Comic Con attendees. Uh, I know you got to take care of the exhibitors, take care of the staff, because those people make the show happen. But I want, but we should have those hotels. Uh, for the hotel block, specifically made for Comic Con people. So, like the badges, if you have a badge from last year, you should input whatever code to get a hotel. And that's what I had to say. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Good afternoon. Um, I'm from Sydney, Australia. I've been lucky enough to come to Comic Con for the last 16 years. Um, it's a once in a lifetime event. 16 times. Um, <laughs> my question is in regards to security, uh, not security itself, in regards to when they open the doors to the, especially for Warner Brothers, Funko, all those ones, first thing in the morning. Uh, the camping, I have no problem with. I understand that that's what we have to do, that's not an issue. Um, on Thursday and Friday, when we all proceeded you know, up the stairs, down the hall, we got stopped by security and they got everyone, which was spaced out at the time, to um, Everyone ended up congested, so by the time we hit the, at the outside doors of Warner Brothers to go through the glass doors into that area, it was just it was mayhem for Thursday and Friday. What they did this morning was they opened the same area up the thing and they had that barricade going down the side. Um, as I was told, all the security guards went in and everyone else agreed that was a brilliant idea. And I think they should stick to that for over the four days. I know sometimes there are going to be reasons outside everyone's control, you might have to change or whatever. But the Thursday and Friday, when they let everyone mass, I assume it was a, a trying to control the runners um, or whatever. It, it just didn't work, and you literally had hundreds of people trying to squeeze through the doors. As I said, the barricades they used this morning, where they went the barricade all the way down into the water, virtually down the far end of the building, and then we went into that was terrific. That is a great idea. Please stick with it. It worked out well. Um, I got into the Fox Line early. I didn't win, and I didn't care because it was just great. But the was so ordinary for a And yeah, I just want to add the security itself. This year was terrific. They are very friendly, very nice. Thank you. Thanks. Hi, I'm Jessica. Um, I'm from Sydney, Australia. Um, 
Hi, John. Um, thank you for a great convention this year. Um, I had a question about the, the reasoning behind um, not clearing out halls, like particularly Hall H, um, after each panel, because then you see people who basically spend the whole day there to get to the panel that they want, and I don't, I don't see the fairness with that if for people who are waiting. So just a reason, and, and you know, if there's a possibility to clear them out after each panel, so that people who want to go to a particular panel can attend, have a better. Uh, possibility of attending. Yeah, our problem is where would we put all the extra lines? Because we know that people would then want to wait overnight for each program the next day. Mm -hmm. And then that transition would take an hour and a half. So we'd lose half of our programming. Per day would go away. So we struggle with this and debate this endlessly internally. And still don't know a better answer. Because, yeah, I agree, there are people who stay in programs that they don't care that much about because yeah. they care about an item later. But then I don't know where to put five lines. Okay. You know, where do I put five lines of 6,000 people? Okay. Thank you. Hello, I want to thank you for a really great convention. Um, speaking as an international attendee, um, I felt that international attendees who don't have US addresses um, we're at a disadvantage for early morning you know, access and lines and things like that because we couldn't get our badges, we weren't posted out, our badges weren't posted out in advance. And I felt that that was a significant disadvantage for Comic-Con International, for international um, attendees not to have that um, same treatment. And I was just wondering, well, what was the rationale behind them? Well, as you know, international mail is not always that reliable or dependable or speedy. So we were concerned that if we mailed them out as late as we did, not all attendees who might be traveling and receive them in time to get them. And then your badge is in the mail somewhere, perhaps. Some countries have really wonderful postal systems, some people, not so good. So, you know, kind of like, okay, we understand the US and Canadian post offices and know that they're pretty reliable, and we'll go with that. Well, could I make a suggestion? Yeah. Um, at the moment, it seems um, that you can collect the badge the day before the day of the badge. I wonder if you've got the an international attendee has multiple day badges, could it be written in, you know, in the confirmation email that they can enable so that they can collect all the day badges for sure in one go so they can get them with in anxiety. So when you go to pick up your badges and it scans, it prints them all, right? Not for everybody. It did for aggressive places, but I don't think they didn't. No, it should, unless they had two separate orders, in which case it doesn't know about you. But the system is set up to know you have a Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Ding, print all the local. Here you go. That, that, if that works for everybody, that would be that would be really helpful. But it didn't. So, oh, it should be perfect. And if I just make a request about the registration on the website, um, a, a US zip code and a US phone number seem to be the only default settings at the moment. Um, and the, the page crashes and you have to reload it and lose precious seconds. You know, when you're trying to compete for tickets. So I just wonder if the I'm sure they're great um, staff. Could they look at see if a menu option or something, just so that again, international um, people trying to get badges don't feel ah uh, seconds are running away from me, ah uh, badges are running away, you know, just because I don't have a US um, default phone number, cell number, and uh, zip code. Okay. Right, great, thank you. And thanks again for a great convention. Thank you for coming all that way. John, hi. Uh, my name is Christopher. Um, I'm trying to track down Robin, and I'm wondering if maybe you can help. I guess a gentleman by the name of Kevin is trying to find her. Do you know where I find Robin? Uh, 
should be around somewhere. <laughs> Great. Thank you very much. Great time. Thanks very much. Hi, John. Um, my name is Sarah Beth Pollock. I'm a fifth generation San Diegan, so I tend to Comic Con. Um, so, I've had the fortune of traveling around to different cons across the country, and one thing I've noticed that I mean, frankly, San Diego Comic-Con has to stay in San Diego. They definitely have my vote to expand the convention center. Instead of keeping the chargers, we don't need them. But the observation that I wanted to offer you is that some of these other convention centers, Anaheim, Los Angeles, uh, even Dallas, uh, they have dedicated spaces for cosplayers. Now, as a writer, I like to take pictures of cosplayers and write about them. And this year especially, actually, this was the worst year where I had, you know, in the, in the hallway, or, you know, in the, the foyer coming in, that used to be where a lot of cosplayers would go. Obviously, with so many attendees, now it's, it's at a point where you can't even stop there. And today, security was pushing people through, saying, don't stop, you can't take pictures, don't stop. So my question is, could be with now now that we don't have to use the sales pavilion for registration the way we did before, that the lighting in there is amazing. Maybe that would make a perfect uh, space for cosplayers so that they have a dedicated space indoors where they can be photographed and they can hang out because that's the intention. They want to show off their costumes. That would be a great place to do it, and the space is kind of available now. So just something you know, and I've seen it done. Every other space has. You know, every convention center has these big spaces. Now we have a big space that may be repurposed. Okay, we'll take a look at that. Thank Some you. Thanks. Hello. Um, I would like to thank you, and particularly Eddie, for the great programming that you guys put out. Um, I don't actually know if you can fix this, but I think that you would be at a better um, level to fix it than me. Uh, which is sometimes the moderators for your panels can be incredibly um, not good. And I'm just I'm gonna I'm just gonna name names. My favorite panel of the convention, without a doubt, is the EW Women Who Kick Ass panel. And I love that you put that before the Marvel panel. I think it is the most genius stroke, and I appreciate it. So much. But I feel that the moderator this year did not do those ladies any services because sometimes that room cannot be, um, it can be hostile towards those ladies up there. And I feel that sometimes when you don't have a moderator who can carry a conversation or can bring out some of the shyness in uh, your attendees, uh, sorry, not your attendees, your panelists, uh, it will allow for lulls and then people will get bored and then people won't listen. And that just is a disservice, I think, to the wonderful women up there. Um, and also, the other people on other panels where sometimes the moderators can be difficult. So I was just wondering if you could find a way to maybe vet them or <laughs> just... Well, please do email us with your comments about moderators you like and didn't like. Okay. Because we can certainly consider that. Can Chris Hardwick do everything? <laughs> <laughs> Can we come, Chris Hartley? No! Thank you. On that note, I, I just have to say, uh, 
I just got out of the John Barrowman panel, and God bless him. He was incredible. Anyway, um, I'm, I'm incredibly impressed at the logistics and how everything just all comes together. So I just have two quick questions. One, uh, how did the RFID stuff work this year? It seemed to work great. And then uh, two, what the heck's going on with Wi-Fi? This is uh, 2016. So anyway, thanks. So RFID, we handle what we hired a company that does uh, big music concerts. And they provided the portal technology that reads the cards in and out. So we also traveled at WonderCon quite a bit. Wi-Fi, the sponsorship price went up by $40,000. And nobody was willing to sponsor that. And their Wi-Fi system is kind of very limited. Thanks. So nobody had that sort of money. Hi, John. My name is uh, Jordan Klein. I've been coming for 18 years now consecutively since my mom used to bring me when I was 11. Um, I've done pretty much everything there is to do at Comic Con, from being a panelist to an attendee to volunteering, etc. And uh, I just, first of all, I want to thank you for the way you've been working with working with our mayor to extend and keep Comic Con here while the city tries to get its act together, because it's one of my favorite things to do. Um, I just had two requests for you this year. Is there any way that, uh, I know Comic-Con doesn't directly influence Ace Parking, but the fact that parking um, for attendees is $20 with a $9 surcharge for each day instead of each transaction, that's a 58% surcharge based on the cost of parking, and I thought that was quite excessive this year. So if, um, I would really appreciate it if Comic-Con could maybe suggest to Ace Parking to get a little lax with that, because $140 for five days of parking is rather excessive in my opinion. Um, my second comment, um, and I can see the argument on both sides, um, is some lines this year as, as a regular through the system four day or five day attendee, um, I didn't have the struggle, but I saw a lot of lines that we were getting into um, from Camping Out in the Morning, Fox, uh, Lego, etc. They never posted or said anywhere that there was any restriction on badges that could go through the system. Um, and then, so you know, people were, uh, attendees that have been purchased through an ex exhibitor or whatnot, they're still four-day attendees, but they're exhibitor purchased, still wait in line with everyone else. They don't get any other special privileges, but they would be turned away at the front of the line and they had just waited, you know, 12 hours to be told by Lego or Fox, sorry, we're not gonna sell or let you play in our lottery because of this or this or this. They also did it to professionals. And I know some professional badges are comped, but I know some most professionals pay for their badges just like everyone else does. So if restrictions could either be yes or no, or if vendors could provide, or exhibitors could provide that information with their press releases about the events they're gonna be holding at Comic-Con, so that you know beforehand getting in line what you can and can't get into based on your badge. I would really appreciate that. Thank you. Hi, John, my name's John. Um, this is my third year here, uh, first year with the ADA um, population. Um, a general comment, I, I feel like the people out there, and uh, there was a lot more people this year uh, helping to, uh, uh, to herd the cats, so um, uh, it, I feel like they're doing the best they can do. I feel like there's an issue with communication. There's a lot of misinformation. I got sent three different directions yesterday. 
um, and, uh, and it seemed like the left didn't know what the right hand was doing. Um, but my uh, main comment is about the ADA population. Um, I feel like you, uh, every year I've been here for the uh, Hall H uh, panels, and so I've, I've experienced sitting in line. I was in, in lines since one in the afternoon for Star Wars last year. Actually, I was here for Game of Thrones and Black Downs with the Star Wars. Um, but uh, we have, it seems like you have a great setup for the population. I mean, of course, you're, the crowd way out stretches your ability to cover everybody, but you do a great job with the tanning and the pop, uh, uh, to protect and uh, the population from sun and rain, which rarely happens. But um, my comment is I feel like that's great that you do that, but it seems like the most vulnerable population is left unprotected. We're on cement, no, no canopy, nothing to protect the ADA population. The first three lines of ADA is in the lobby on carpet. There were only so, two in this year. Uh -huh. <laughs> well, I got stuck in the sun. Today was the first time they had three in. <laughs> So, as you know, we don't have enough tents for everybody in the non-ADA line. And hopefully more of the ADA line is in the lobby than not. Yesterday it was quite a huge crowd. Right. As you may have observed, our ADA population has grown by leaps and bounds. Yeah. Unfortunately, like the rest of our lines, we only have so much space. We're not allowed to put tents up right next to the building, the fire code. Correct. So I, I, I believe I already heard that. Um, I, my impression when the previous years, I thought the first tent was an ADA. Uh, that's that's grass. And my understanding is, then if you have wood on the ADA line, you can't navigate the grass successfully. Yeah, that makes it more injured. difficult. Yeah, that's true. So they've not solved that part of the problem. Hi, John. Thank you for everything you do. My complaint seems like minor with everybody else's. And I've been blessed as a family to come here for eight years. And um, I always just want to bring up with registration, I have eight children, and I know that most of the people who come here don't. So we're like the minority. But even a family of four that had two teens cannot get tickets all on the same day, even though we have all the laptops going with all the user IDs and I'm blessed to get any tickets at all. But it's always kind of hard for a family living within the same household with the same last name to all attend on the same day. So I don't know if there's any way. I know there'll be abuse if you tweak the system, but even with these scanners, there's um, probably abuse. People could sell badges now if they wanted to because of the scanners. So I don't know if there's any way to make any changes to registration. It's hard because I know yeah, it's, I mean, it's it's hard for everybody. Back and forth, you know, how do you pick the number of people you can register at one time? Yeah. You discourage selling, but then allow families through. Yeah, we've come back and forth from yeah. Riverside yeah. a few different days, dropping off kids that got badges from friends and stuff. And like I said, I know we're the minority. But I know that even family with two adults and two teenagers wouldn't necessarily be able to all come on the same day. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you.
if it might be possible to sell Hall H and Hall Room 20 badges in the mix separately. So that way, because some people, want, if, that, if that's all they're after, once those were sold out, that would open it up maybe to people like myself who prefer the smaller sessions. Um, because they would then drop out of the pool. <coughs> that was one thing. Um, I don't know the solution to this, but uh, I've talked to several people who had been attending Comic Con for many years and now due to the lottery, they got kicked out one year and then they're put into the general population in subsequent years and they could have been coming for you know, 17, 18 years. And I don't know the solution for that. Um, for vendors, they, a lot of the vendors uh, stock exclusives for every day except Sunday, which um, I think maybe if you can encourage the vendors to stock maybe a smaller supply for Sunday. But I talked to a number of vendors who were like, oh no, we don't have anything left over after Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we don't sell them on Sunday. Um, also, uh, I love, I personally like Sunday, <laughs> but I've heard from a lot of people who are like disappointed with Sunday because they feel there aren't the same level of, there's not the same level of participation by some of the major players. Um, but when I talked to some of them, they were unaware that it's a lottery system and maybe if they were made aware that some people end up with Sunday badges because that's all that's remaining, they might be more willing to stay and do Sunday sessions knowing that, oh, we didn't have any choice. Also, some of the, um, if we could have more vendors with pre-orders, because I noticed a lot of vendors did pre-ordering, that would be, that would benefit us because a lot of people rushing to get into the exhibit hall wouldn't have to rush to get in. If you could sell hats as well as t-shirts, um, that would be marvelous. And then, uh, I'm not gonna go into, my friend had one last item, but I'll go into that right now. Too long. Thank you. Uh, thank you for all your hard work. I, I just wanted to um, ask for your any feedback on um, uh, focusing the security to be a little bit more friendly and polite to the attendees that tend to be sort of a little bit authoritarian. Uh, the second was uh, possibly considering extending the con to more days. Maybe. <laughs> so, Opening the, the staircases on either end and the, uh, the doors, because I noticed that because those are closed uh, by the security guards, people tend to get bunched up and have to walk like an extra mile, which is a little increasing of the crowds. And then the final one would be if you could give your feedback on maybe allowing the volunteers to uh, attend the briefing night, which probably increase the number of um, maybe highly skilled or desired uh, volunteers who would want to attend. Did you have any feedback on any of those? Hang on. Let's do it. <laughs>
really, really long. <laughs> and then also, the, a lot of the studios tend to be very, very focused on Saturday, Saturday, or Saturday. So four days won't spread that out because they're all focused on Saturday. So what you can do as fans is feedback to studios that were on Thursday and Friday and say that you appreciated them being on a day other than Saturday because it allowed you more options to see their programming. They will react to that. Um, one of the staircases on this end we can't open because of where it jumps out, and that would be a problem for us. We could look at opening the staircase in the front. I don't know if I can get RFID scanners out there. I have to find somewhere I can put up a tent and get power and internet. So that we can look at. And we have way too many people on preview night, so that's why we stop just automatically giving that to volunteers. Thank you. Hi, John. My name is Marla. I've been fortunate to attend Hong Kong for, sorry, 19 consecutive years. Sorry. Thank you. Uh, the main thing I want to talk about, about, I don't mean to be redundant, but I'd like to talk about the hotel lottery system. Um, five of my family members and extended family tried to get a hotel, and all of us were waitlisted. And we were not contacted at all, at all until we were opened up to the uh, Mission Valley hotels. The difficult thing was um, reading online people who said that they got a hotel, but they don't have a badge. So could you please, please give your attendees priority to get the downtown hotels? Our difficulty is that we have a lot of trade professionals who register after the hotel sale. So they don't necessarily have a badge, so we don't let them get a room, so then they can't attend the show. Is there some kind of number that you can assign them so that you would know who they are, so they you could give them a hotel yeah, we'll, letter. You can keep thinking about those things. Okay. We haven't solved okay. that one yet. And then, um, I again, I've been attending for a while. Um, in the past, as an ATA patron, um, when I uh, opted to go up to sales, it's been very organized and calm, and the ATA people are blended with the regular people in a very calm manner. I was up there on Friday and was shocked at the chaos and the profoundly dangerous situation that was created up there. Now, I know you said on Saturday you changed it, but I opted not to go back up on Saturday because I didn't want to put myself in that kind of danger again. And then finally, thank you for whoever mentioned about the excessive surcharge on the parking, ACE parking. Please tone that down a little bit, ACE. That's it. Okay. Thank you very much. Way to tone that down with ACE is to write ACE and complain and write the Port Authority, which controls, that owns the parking garage under this building, and go. Port Authority? Really? Port Authority. Okay. Port of San Diego. All right. Thank you. Hi, John. My name is Kevin. This is my 42nd comment. Center, um, but of course, with our 
with people without badges couldn't get past the doors this time. Um, that was really the only issue. Everything else went so amazingly smooth, uh, getting in and out, um, getting into panels. It was, uh, it, at times it felt more crowded on the exhibit floor, and at times it felt far less than usual. I uh, was able to get back and forth a lot. I think, uh, I'm guessing, the RFIDs cut down on some uh, people getting in who didn't really have badges. That helped with crowds, so uh, keep up the good work because it's working. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, hi, Don. This is my 18th year, and uh, some issues. Uh, for one, I liked uh, the demonstration that you were able to get back in. I was kicked out. Um, that was, I was kicked out the very first year that you did that, and. I wasn't able to get back in, and I like that you implemented that. Uh, I wish there was more information about the mailing of the badge, because in the first case, uh, it, I get a lot of junk mail, and the package on the envelope sort of looked like junk mail, and the only way that I was able to tell that it wasn't was that it was uh, heavier than my other junk mail. <laughs> you, do, you do know that was intentional on our part mm -hmm. to discourage any of your neighbors from going, oh, it's a Comic Con badge, maybe I'll just take that. Yeah, but it might <laughs> it sort of uh, also look in that, uh, that we didn't know that it was uh, the Comic Con. Yeah, well, we did email everybody and say, it's going to show up, it's just been mailed, yeah. it's going to say this is a return address so that uh, you can say it was a, watch yeah. for it. Yeah. It didn't say it was going to be that as a return address. Just said that it was going to be. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, uh, and then also, also, uh, I was sort of confused when I opened the envelope because I have uh, three single badges, and I was thinking, oh, they forgot to put the right the extra piece extra, of paper behind. Yeah. Yeah. So you might have said something about that. Uh, uh, I um. Uh, the, uh, my mother is an ADA person, and uh, we got into Hollywood, <coughs> and we got the premium, but then I guess we moved the premium place real far away, and it was harder for us to get there. Uh, okay. Yeah, the premium fulfillment room has been over at the Hyatt the last three years. Hi, John. Can you hear me? Yep, yep. Uh, thank you for this panel, by the way. And thank you for mailing my badge. That's one thing I wanted to specifically mention. It's awesome what you guys are doing. Um, the thing I need to sort out that's been kind of a thorn in my side the past couple of years, um, pretty much any room I'm in, it's set for you to do a ballroom as long as you're not filming the clip of the studio show or, and as long as you're not streaming what you're filming, you're fine to just record parts of the panel to watch later on at home. It's set for you to do a ballroom. And there, the minute you try to film anything, the person who's there tells you to stop. And the fact that that's not something that's enforced universally leads me to think that that person might be doing something wrong. And it got to the point where it really was harassment. My wife was trying to film me um, asking a question of the Dolphin panel. And, you know, and then she said to argue with this person who I'm not sure if they understand the policy or something. So I need to make sure I understand what the policy is. and. 
what's going on there because that's the only thing that's been irritating in the past couple of years. Does any place except that room, if I pop it out there's film, somebody's saying something for a few minutes, it's fine. Yeah, you should have been able to record that. I'll have to talk to the people who are managing the go and see if they can get a little bit better at that. Okay, thank you. Sorry about that. Hello, I'm John McCall. Thank you for, for doing this. Uh, I have a complaint, and I have your solution for the all age busters problem. My complaint is that I was doing no fault of my own. I was getting my first Comic Con, so clearly I know what's going on. I did no fault of my own. I was given two uh, four day comp passes as a professional. And when I registered, I guess it's the first RFID staff, when I registered uh, and I wouldn't show up, they said, uh, somehow you killed one. So I, I don't know, how can I, you know. So I, I killed one, which I, I don't agree with. I, of course, would like to have it, you know, whatever, recomp for next year. But uh, the solution for your whole H Fuster Club is, yeah, you do have some, uh, some clearly some squatters, and you're going to have to purge it every second or third panel, depending on the volume and traffic number of panels for that day. He's suggesting that you clear after every second or third panel sure. and then reload the room from there. Yes. It's a variation we've discussed. Because mm -hmm. then you don't need as many lines. Oh, yeah. And uh, I could give you my email or uh, <laughs> somebody regarding the comp or the recomp or please, please email CCI info. It's on a piece of paper up here. I'll get it there. Thank you. Okay. Hi, John. My name is Rihanna. I've been attending Common Con for 11 years, hoping to make it to 20. Um, I do have a compliment and complaint and question, so I'll make it quick. Uh, the complaint was is that Ranch closed down early on preview night. And a lot of people were upset about that and didn't know what was going on. And then the compliment was about the way that the Conan uh, pop line went. It went smoothly. And I'm hoping that the way that it works can be suggested possibly to some exhibitors. And the question that um, I wanted to know was about Hall H because I walked by and I heard security yelling at people saying, oh, you were gone for too long or um, you can't pay people to stand in line or people without a badge or whatever. And I'm not because I never camp out for Hall H. So I'm not sure what the policy is in regards to that. But I know that it was making a lot of people upset. I have three quick points. Um, one, I noticed several press tripods being set up on the floor um, in busy aisleways this year, um, which was quite annoying. Um, uh, two, can you please add a back button um, on the registration purchases when um, you get to the final screen where you're actually choosing which ones you want? Um, my untechnical uncle flipped all the way through and we were unable to purchase preview night tickets for the other two people that we wanted to buy the purchase for. Um, and third, uh, I noticed for the first time ever that somebody was signing around, uh, sending around a sign-up sheet in a panel room, which was apparently unrelated to the panel, and the room staff was uh, okay with this because they signed up at the very end and they shook hands with the exhibitor. And if you want to know the exhibitor, I'll tell you, but otherwise, I don't need to name names. I do want to know after um, okay. piece of paper for me. Okay, sure. That's it. Thanks. Hi, uh, my name is Gilbert. I've been 
Comic Con since it was at the Old Cortez. So I've been coming for quite some time. Um, having some difficulty getting I got in this year, but you know, uh, since it's been the, uh, the, the virtual waiting room, it's been a little bit more difficult. Um, so I had a couple of questions regarding that. So, um, by the way, I, was, uh, I am registering as a senior, even though I was probably only two years old when I was going to the Comic Con at the El Cortez. So, I'm um, older than I look. Uh, but at any rate, I was uh, wondering if uh, all the categories are combined when you're, when you're in the line, when you're in the virtual uh, waiting room. That is, there, you know, do, do seniors sell out or are other uh, types uh, sell out? Or the, um, is there, is, does everybody have at, you know, access so all the categories are wide open? Um, there are equal buttons. So there are X number of badges available on whether they're purchases, juniors, seniors, militaries, or full adult, doesn't matter. If there's a thousand badges, there's a thousand badges. So um, I'm wondering how many badges are sold at the uh, pre-registration, regular registration, and then you, uh, does ComCom have any feel of uh, how many people are, are actually turned away? We don't really know how many people we turn away because we know everybody's running multiple computers. Like the lady who said she was running five. So we don't have an accurate number there and we don't share our numbers of what we make available in our sales except to say around 50% of the badges are available in the pre-registration sale. Okay, thank you. Thanks. Hi, John. My name's Michelle. And I have a complaint about the ADA line for Hall H. And mine is a little bit different than just where we're standing. It's more about how we're let in. Um, I'm not always in a chair, but I have severe nerve damage that causes me a lot of pain. And last year, I tried going through just walking with a cane and um, watched as the wheelchairs were let in and then the people with dogs were let in. And then hundreds upon hundreds of people from the grass. When I stayed home, I, I got in line about 1 p.m. the day before. Were let in before I was, and I wasn't able to get a chair where I could have the nerve damage sitting in an aisle because there was already a lot of people in there. Um, and I'm hurt by being bumped into. I realized I put myself in a situation coming. I just think that. When you're getting an ADA line, you should be able to get to the ADA seats without bumping into a lot of people if you're willing to stay all night long. Um, I, this year, went to chair because I'm doing worse this year, but I watched as the people around me who stayed all night long, and there was only one line of us that stayed all night long, and I watched all those people that were in that short line get left behind as the wheelchairs were brought in. And they had to wait till all those people were brought in. And they, each of them had stories of why they were suffering and why they couldn't be bumped or why they were trying to get good seats. And there was no way of getting seats for them where they could take care of themselves with the situation they were in. Yeah, we were, um, our tanks um, on our wrists set A, showing that we were there at the beginning. 
and we watch people, normal people in front of us even, going to see on their wristbands. It just does not seem fair to separate all the hand, different type of handicaps when it comes to letting them in. We're not supposed to be judged by our handicaps, yet it feels that way when we're in that line. And none of the other panel rooms have done that to me or the other people I've seen around. Okay. Um, that's my, my main concern was the people who are being more standing. Sorry, which, which room was that? For the screenings, we understand the studios don't provide the captioning for that, but captioning would serve a population of deaf people that don't use sign language, hard of hearing people, and also uh, people who have hearing loss. Right, most of the footage we get is so new, I don't think anybody's had time to caption it, which is why we use live translators, because they can roll with whatever's going on, and they're necessary for the rest of the program. Correct. Those translators provide services to only a certain population of people with a hearing loss. Yes. Um, however, there is live captioning, live streaming. They're able to do it on the internet. They're able to do it on for live streaming in them. I mean, yeah, we just, that stuff comes to us heavily encrypted, and I don't know how you'd ever inject that into the stream. Right on the side. Uh, 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 well, uh, uh, we, we definitely appreciate our next coming to Senate or Comic Con for the first time this year. We appreciate Netflix being brought to San, San Diego for Comic Con for the first time this year. And we hope that we will keep coming back for future Senate and Comic Con. Thank you. Thank you. Hi there, my name is Xander. I've been coming to Comic-Con for 15 years. I want to thank you for throwing such an awesome event. It's one of the highlights of my year every year. Um, about the RFID badges that you introduced this year. Like a rocket scientist, I left mine on my desk at home. Uh, when I got to Comic-Con, I was very surprised to learn that they can just invalidate the old one and issue a new one and charge $5. And at that particular moment, I didn't have $5 with me, and so one of the volunteers paid for me. So, the, the RFID so thank you for this, and thank you for that volunteer. Um, uh, about the wristbands, I know you've been doing it three years now. I've, I'm 
one of those that really likes the system, um, not waiting in line for that many hours, but um, I appreciate very much that you're giving us the opportunity to, to go home and go to sleep for a few hours. Uh, uh, happy, uh, uh, people who aren't falling asleep in their seats are happier, I would think, and uh, so I appreciate you having the wristbands again. Um, I know there was a hiccup Saturday night with the line, but um, one request, and I was a little late, so I, I'm sorry somebody already asked it, is it necessary for us to get there at 7.30 a.m.? If the first panel's at 11.30 a.m., <laughs> back to the sleep thing, it'd be nice to get another hour or two. <laughs> well, we, we picked that time because we know that we'll load at a variety of different times dependent on when the first program is. So we wanted to pick something that's consistent day to day so that you mm -hmm. don't go, oh, it was 8.30 yesterday, oh. 7.30 today, and I showed up for 8.30 and now I'm out. Well, so we went with the earliest, earliest reasonable time that we would actually be close to loading our room, plus a little bit of. Okay. Well, stop. register my vote for having different times on different days. Well, <laughs> if, 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 if the room starts at nine, for example, yes. right, we've got to start loading at eight. I, I understand that. I appreciate that. Actually, but on, on Friday, you had panels starting at ten thirty. Right. On Saturday, it was eleven thirty. We're concerned if we're not consistent that. People okay. are going to miss out and don't well, that one. I hear where you're coming from. Toward that end, uh, if you have to keep it at the same time every day, I'd vote for bringing back the animation show, show Saturday morning because that was something I just really liked. So uh, <laughs> uh, at least that'd give us something to watch. Uh, we're getting <laughs> So anyway, again, thank you for a great event. Thanks. Just as a reminder, if you weren't here at the beginning, one question. So we just want to make sure everyone gets a chance. Hi, thanks for taking questions at the panel. Um, I enjoyed the programming that was done at the library and some of the other off-sites. My question is if it would be possible to have a temporary shuttle bus stop, drop people off uh, at those programming sites just during the programming hours, and then cancel it once the program is finished. That may be easier to get there. Yeah, the typical thing with the Portland Grand Theater and the library is they're inside the perimeter of all these shutdown streets. And we used to run a hotel shuttle during the day, and then we found it took 90 minutes for that shuttle to get around. So, okay, we can drive a bus there, but you're not going to enjoy it, because <laughs> you're going to spend an hour sitting on it for a five, you know, ten minute walk. So, no good. Thanks. I have thought about it, though. I just wait until you finish. Um, I just want to say, John, you ran a great Comic Con. This is my sixth year in a row in attendance, and back in the O's, I came off and on a couple times. And I, it's changed an awful lot since then. Uh, but but my, my main point is is that the distribution of the limited exclusive release items on the Golden Sales Pavilion is much better than when they're doing it on the floor. And you guys have moved more and more and more of it up there. The, the, the thing is, is, all the guys that run the booze, I know they're very proud guys, you know what I'm saying? I've met many, many, many of them. They, they tend to like to do things their own way. And I know sometimes you guys have a lot of influence over them, and sometimes you want to keep them coming back. You know, for, you know, for example, Marvel, DC, and some of the big studios and stuff like that. Um, I, guess the, I guess what my main question is, 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 is it difficult to them to get up to the sales pavilion to distribute? Because I know some of them take the feedback real well. 
and others just kind of like, you know, well, this is the way we do it, and this is the way we want to keep doing it, and I'm okay with it, you know, everybody wants to know how to get what they, you know, what they want, you know, and the way to get it, I mean, I'm, assu I'm assuming you guys try to convince them to come up top, or? Yes, and they do try to encourage them to distribute tickets, but we're not always successful. On okay, so it does depend completely on them and you guys working it out. And the last they've thing... Got, they've got a staff that make it happen on their end. And the last thing is, I also go to other conventions. I go to Star Wars Celebration, and I also have started attending at D23. And on their Friday, their entire Friday was a Pixar Friday and Disney Animation. It was the entire day, you know. Lasseter was there the whole day. So I know it's difficult to get those guys to come on Friday, but I beg of you, if you can, do get, you know, you know, some more programming on Friday. I know you get some guys to come on Friday. It's not a complete blank slate, right? I mean, Game you know, Thrones, yes. Game of Thrones, Walking Yeah, Dead, yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's, <laughs> it's a pretty good Friday. But, but nobody wants to come on Sunday. Is that the, that's my last question. Nobody wants to come on Sunday? No. Pretty much? Well, after Pokemon this year, it might be an interesting conversation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Thank you. My first Comic-Con was back in 92, so I've been coming for the last 25 years. And it was remarkable. I remember when I first came and you were standing outside and everything else. And then several years later, a remarkable thing happened. Someone had the greatest idea I ever saw. They moved people into the building, and you went up to the sales pavilion. So you did this for almost 20-something years. Lo and behold, I walk out there on Thursday morning trying to get in the room uh, to E and F, and I'm directed back to G. The next thing I know, I'm on the street walking back. A hundred, you know, everybody arriving between six and nine were put on the street. You reversed a policy that has been in effect for almost 20 years. Well, more than 20 years. I don't understand why you're doing this. I assume it has to do with this. This is what I'm kind of yep. understanding, that this badge, and you can only go through G. Yep. So that we, re we reversed the plan because to bring the line in through E, we have to defend the line from H to E, which required a tremendous number of people to do that and cause the bathroom access to be cut off the entire time that line is moving and prevented us from loading the disabled into the Hall G lobby to stage them for Hall H. So to allow us to get them inside as opposed to being completely outside and to allow people to use the bathroom for more hours, we decided to go with G. Now the other interesting thing that happened this year is a lot more people showed up early than have in the past because everybody had their badge. So our line, which usually went on the grass in the first four shoots of H, and that was about it, suddenly went through the through the shoot, through the serpentine, through the four lines of age, and all the way to Seaport Village before we were ready That's to That's exactly the where I was. That was yeah. bad. So we got hit a little harder than we expected and a little earlier than we expected. Well, what I don't understand about the deal is, and I'm not for this, I understand I was talking to someone and that y'all did catch some major fraud going on with uh, counterfeit cards and stuff like that. But I'm not in, interested in standing in line when I'm arriving here between 6 and 7 o'clock in the morning, maybe walking 30 minutes, and I'm out there. And I checked every morning, Friday, 
So I ended up just having to go sit in a hotel for like three hours or something like that, rather than getting in, sitting on the floor, convening, checking your book and everything else. I'm not sure it's worth it. It wasn't because of the RFID. Well, then, where's A, B, C? You know, like I said, 20 years ago, you came up with a great idea. I don't understand. I don't, can't see why you cannot continue to do that. It doesn't. Because to do E, I lose E as a, I lose G as restaurants, and I lose G. I'm talking about all of them. I'm talking about A, B, C, D, E, and F. You and would walk up and go into the okay, so either then, side. Wait, wait. So now I have, let's say, two competing lines of people who think they're first for exclusives. I'm, I'm not here for exclusives. No. But there are a few folks. I know, I understand. And now they're all going to come up, and now they're all going to run from various spots in the building to one spot on the earth. You've had these issues. I mean, exclusivism, this is nothing new. But we've had one line. So we brought one line up of people who are going for exclusives, and they're in front of that line, and it's one group of people going in one direction. And if you listen to some of the ADA people talk, they'll tell you, yeah, when they try to merge us into that line, it gets ugly. What I'm talking about is I come up at E and F, and I'm going down the hallway, and I'm sitting at the back, just like the people on ABC right. on the other side go on that side because they want to drop down. And everybody's just clustered right there. Okay? Why can't we, why can't we be back at this particular point again? I mean, that's pretty bad when you've got... You know, you've got people sitting out there. I, I walked in up there on, on Friday trying to figure out if I was going to be able to get in. You know, and if there was a line going back down there. It was locked up in front of the hotel. I asked a person what time they got there. They got there at 4 o'clock in the morning. Here it is at 6.30, and they haven't moved from that particular place. The build, if you're going to open a building at 6 o'clock in the morning and say it's open between 6 and 9, the building needs to be open and people need to be going into it. I just, you know, regardless of that, you need to solve that problem because I don't think this is going to really work considering what you did in the past, which was remarkable. This is just a reversal of everything you ever did and one of the best things you ever did. And I always talked about this when I talked to people about other, uh, other places to go and everything else. Do we have to keep the badges that we have to register yes. for the next year, or how no. does that? You don't need to keep them to register for next year. You might want to keep them as a souvenir. And do you remember that your name and address is in the barcode on the back of the piece of paper? So I wouldn't just be throwing it in the trash can if it were me. Unless you want people to have your own address. Okay, and can you put that in the website so other people don't ask the same question? Yeah, we put that in a uh, blog post we did just before the convention. And it was also in the frequently asked questions when we did badging. Hi, John. Uh, my name is Peggy, longtime veteran of the Hall H Wars. And um, in fact, I think they call me a Hall H All Star. So um, I want to thank you for the response system. I was not a fan two years ago, I have become a fan. Uh, but I think it can be perfected in just, well, probably in a lot of ways, but one way in particular. Uh, to wristband 6,400 people, especially Friday night or Saturday during the day, uh, takes about five hours. And if you start at 9 o'clock, then you're not done until 2 in the morning. Which means that those that had to wait to the very end because they were in the D wristbands 
or if they were like me and they wore little Pasadena wristbands and didn't get in. That means that they don't leave here until 2 in the morning and they have to come back at 7.30. And that's not, not really enough sleep. So my suggestion is to start that about two hours earlier because even if you say, well, I don't want to miss that last panel on Friday, uh, I want to get in that line, well, then you'd, be, you'd still be at the end of the line, you still have a chance. Mm -hmm. uh, but because it's two in the morning, it's, it gets to be almost an a inhumane situation because you just don't have enough sleep. Now, we managed to wristband the line on Thursday in two hours. Unfortunately, our lead for that area went home with heat exhaustion Thursday night, and then the people who did it Friday night were not quite as talented. <laughs> well, and I think that Friday night was probably your worst case scenario. But we distributed all the wristbands Thursday night, so there's the same number of wristbands every night. Right. We managed to do it two hours on Thursday, uh -huh. but took five hours on Friday. You know, it's funny wow. because that night, on Friday night, people were people, the, the rumor going around was, oh, it's much faster now. And I'm like, really? Because two years ago, it was two o'clock in the morning when, when they were done. They're like, oh, no, 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 it's much faster now. Well, two o'clock exactly. in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have some like, difficulties oh. with the line. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, that was my suggestion. Okay, uh, it's about badges. Um, I know Comic Con has a zero tolerance policy on people trying to sell badges. Um, even up to the day of Freaky Night, uh, I looked up Craigslist and there was like 40 listings. And there was a pair of uh, 40-acre Freaky uh, running at 10 grand. Um, so I was wondering if, if there's a way to combat this. I, 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 I like to play it straight from book. Um, um, is there a way we can report this? Is, and is there a way for Comic-Con, uh, if they're going to work with companies like Craigslist and eBay, to kind of stop this kind of madness? And if, and if so, um, make, make these people who buy badges and then they try to sell online, lose their privilege to buy badges next year, and have those badges put back in, in a system to sell it to sell it again to people who want to actually attend. We actively work with eBay, Facebook, and Craigslist to pull those out down as quickly as possible. Where we can establish who the person is who's selling those badges, we go back into the back end of the system and cancel them out. But so they delete their member ID. Okay, but is there like rubble of those badges that get sold already? Can can they be resold to to people who want to actually go? Usually that happens too late, and we don't. It's only a couple hundred badges, which may sound like a lot from your perspective, mm -hmm. but from our perspective, it's not. Okay. But we do actively pursue that. We do hire um, detectives from the vice unit of the San Diego Police Department and have them actively pursue people who are selling badges in the downtown area and cite them. Thank you. Hi. It's a little bit <laughs> tall for me. Um, this was my first year waiting in um, Hall H line. So I thought I'd give you some of my experiences. So uh, maybe you can um, kind of change things a little bit. I really commend them on the way that we, we were lined up and how fast they gave out the badges and then getting us on the grass. When you're on the grass, um, the, I don't know, the tents, they don't go the whole way. So where I slept, <laughs> the water dripped on me all night. So um, I really felt like I was in Chinese torture, you know, the drip torture. Um, and they were like, they told us we had to be there. So uh, all night I got uh, leaped on. So, um, and then I know on the Comic-Con guidelines it says that 
After 7.30, people can't come in the line. And I noticed that at 7.48 and 7.50 and even at 8.20, people were still coming into the lines that weren't there um, to you know, uh, go back with their group at 7.30. So I'm a rule follower, so I just wanted to point that out. And then the other thing, one more um, piece of advice or recommendation I have is when you're in the hall line, and I waited um, there since 6.04 a.m. Thursday to get in Friday morning's panel. So I was the long haul, for the long haul. And when they let people into the Hall H building, I guess they set them up in three tiers. Well, they were letting all those three tiers go in all at once. And so I was sitting next to somebody who stood in line at 1 o'clock in the morning, I mean 1 o'clock in the afternoon, and I got there at 6 a.m. So I just thought that that was a little unfair. Means that if I thought if I could come at 1 o'clock and get in that, in that seat, I would have rather had my sleep than camp, you know, sit there at 6 a.m. So but that's all. Okay, thank you. And thank you. I really commend you guys on how the line went for the tickets and everything like that. I heard horror stories, so I have to tell you, it was better this year. <laughs> Okay, thank you. Thank you, everybody. Have safe travels home. Pardon me?